Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up Podcast, Take 2. I'm your host Southo Dan and I'm joined by the mischief man with the big smile on his face. Terry, mate, how are you doing? I'm great, apart from the fact that you did the intro and then completely froze with the worst box shot. So here we are for the second take. And Dan, how you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm doing so good, thank you. It um for those playing along at home, there is no mug shot other than beautiful from this end of the podcast. Uh, oh, well, like the most handsome man I know. Look, thank you. That's a lie, but uh, mate, we're here to talk some football, and it's um it's a good week, but it's a um. It's also not a great week, so uh, how about we just start with the game, mate? Sharks 24, Dragons 18, we'll throw it over to you. What do you think? Um, look, while some parts of the game are disappointing, like the 19 or 20 errors that we made, to walk out with two points at this point in the year is more important. You know, you get angry with your performance in round one and round two, and now when you're trying to solidify a top four spot, you know, top three in our case, two points is two points. And that's that's all I can say about that. Well, it's a very good point. It's probably all there is to say. You're right, 19 errors, 33 from 47, which is pretty dire. Only missed 23 tackles, though, which I was surprised to see. So in terms of uh, one side of the ball's right, the other side, not quite. Again, you get the feeling that if it's anybody other than the Dragons, we probably lose this game. But we were playing the Dragons, and you beat what's ahead of you. So, uh Mate, as you said, two points is two points. And ultimately, we've beaten little brother, what, three times, maybe four times in a row now. Confirm that they're little brother. It's not even close anymore. We beat him in all three grades just for lols. I think we got two and a draw last time we played him. So they're going to finish the season without a win unless they make the flag uh, semis, which I don't care about, to be totally honest. Yeah, look, I think, you know, the, the, the error count, whilst it's really bad, like diabolical again. There's there's two there's two sides to it. We were missing six regular first graders, and no one wants to talk about that. And the players that stepped in, you know, and they, and that six regular first graders, Connor Tracy was head taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a fullback on debut. We ended up with a winger who had only played one game before that. We got Braden Trindle, who has played the equivalent of four first grade NRL games this year. I know he's I know he's appeared in like twelve, but he's played the the minutes for four. So, um, look, rough night. But you know, as you said, we beat the Dragons in all three grades. But the most important two points out of this whole weekend was the first grade game. We won it. Yes, you probably want to beat them by thirty. But you just gonna at this point in the year, and especially for us now, like. And, and with the weekend that we've got coming up, and we'll talk about that, with the games that surround us, it's so important for us to get two points. And, you know, two points is two points. Certainly is. Now, before we go on to Dykes and Millets, I want to discuss that in a little bit more detail. Um, if I asked you, and, and stop me if you've looked it up, how many penalties did we give away on the weekend? I, I would think... <laughs> I don't think Ashley Klein was that bad. I think we gave away about five or six. Yep, we gave away six. Do you know how many six agains we gave away for ruck infringement? Three. One. One. So that, to me, uh, is a huge improvement on the last few few weeks. We've been asking for a long time. We've got to get the discipline in. Now, look, you don't you don't like to concede penalties, but six is pretty fair in this day and age, uh, especially considering it was a local derby. Uh, the Dragons are a team that get into you and vice versa. We're not, you know, a side that can blow teams away you know, every week. So I, I'm quite happy with that. 
What I'm very unhappy about, and I know you'll jump on this because it's a bit of a bugbear for you, Blake Braley oh, got no. sin-binned for being a fucking idiot for, I believe, the second straight week. Now, we gave away three of those penalties, or, or six agains, whatever you want to call them, in one tackle. There was the offside, there was the holding down, and then Braley just clamped on and tried to ride him like a fucking rodeo bull, got thrown off again for the second week in a row, puts his arms out and gets marched for 10. Don't put your arms out. Let go of the bloke 15 seconds earlier, and there won't be that sin. No, Second time in three weeks. He didn't get sent against the Rabbitohs. It was against the Cowboys. There you go. You're right. Super frustrating, super dumb, and a better side will put us to the sword, 13 or 12. Yeah. You, you, you flip the script, and, you know, if we're in the Dragons position and we're not going to make the finals, I'd fucking I'd cut a little prick for the rest of the year. Go and give Jaden Barrow the rest of the games. Like, Braley's only saving grace at the moment is one. We're making the finals, so and it's confirmed we can't miss the finals this year. We're making the finals and we need these combinations. And two, Jaden Merrill hasn't played a game of NRL first grade football. Otherwise, you know, he might Beryl might be getting a debut. I just want to go back to something that you said though. Um, and it's if we played any other team, they'd probably beat us. We made just as many errors against the Rabbitohs. So what we have to look at is that whilst we are a dumb side and we give away penalties and we make these errors, we're actually a good side that can overcompensate for our, our dumbness with our defence. Our defence is outstanding. Um, do you want to concede 18 points against the Dragons? No. But we're missing William Kennedy, who has been our fullback now since 2020. We're missing Sione Katoa, who is arguably one of the four wingers of the competition. Matt Moylan is top 10 in try involvement in the entire NRL. The entire NRL, Matt Moylan, is top 10 in try involvement. Crazy. We're missing Royce Hunt. Now, you can laugh and joke all you want about Royce Hunt, but Royce Hunt has put himself into the position to start for a team that is going to be a top four finals football team. That is what Royce Hunt has done. We're missing Jack Williams. Now, we missed Jack Williams for the majority of the year. Jack Williams was our best forward last year, and if Jack Williams is fit, he's in that 17. And we're missing Dale Finucane, who is the best defender in the NRL. Yep. Made overall to win. Yep. Whilst, whilst you don't want to concede 18 points and whilst it's, you know, it would have been good to hammer the Dragons again, the cattle that we were missing, if those guys are playing, we hammer them. If those guys are playing, Dale Finucane doesn't allow that to happen, what Blake Braley did, because we wouldn't be in those positions. What is disappointing, though, with the errors that we made, it's it's the personnel that made them. You know, yes, Kate Dykes made two errors. He's on debut. But... A simple pass to Cam McInnes, who I think is the most meh player in the NRL. Like, there is nothing outstanding about this bloke. The reason why the Rabbits didn't want him and eventually the Dragons just ground him to a halt and pissed him off to us. I don't see anything involved in there for him to even be close to a representative jumper, which people told me he would be. You know, an offload from Jesse Ramey into Nico Hines. Okay, Nico's got to catch that shit, though. You know, you've got to catch it. Toby Rudolph trying too quick to get a play of the ball. Now... Rudolph was one of our best players in this game. Make no mistake about it, 157 metres. He literally took everything personally in this game. Hates the Dragons as much as we do. But that one area is a standout. So, we've just got to, when it comes to the finals time, like right now I don't care about making these errors because we're winning games, but I care about it in the finals. We need to cut this shit out pretty quickly. We do. Unfortunately, again, the same we saw last week, the errors are coming in bunches 
at the end of the game, the time where we should be just kicking the ball and defending the game and shutting it down. Not spending the last few minutes against a pretty shit side, to be totally honest. You know, relying on Moses and Bayer to run into the the guy playing the ball, which was hilarious and should be on every highlight reel moving forward. But the fact that we had to rely on that to happen, to hold him out in the last few minutes, very frustrating. Yeah, there were a few things like the, the you know, touching Jesse Ramian's arm. You know, when Dykes looked to have the ball covered, there was Talakai getting a fingertip to the ball. You know, they're, they're two errors, so you could probably take those two away. One, because it was freaky, and one, because the bloke didn't even know the ball was coming, and just put his arm out. You know, it, it happens, but it's at the wrong end of the game. I don't want to be holding my breath against the Dragons. I don't want to be doing it this week against the Tigers. Come finals time, doesn't matter. You just win those games, they're going to be close. That's it. Back to what you said before, K Dykes. Yes, he had the two errors. How do you rate it? Out of 10, perhaps? Does he deserve to be there again this weekend? We'll discuss more later. But did he do enough for you? I mean, there wasn't a moment where you turn around and go, well, he didn't cost us a try. Let's put it oh, to, yeah. to start. I think, I thought he was good without being great. And if you compare the two debuts between Lockie Miller and Kate Dykes and taking Lockie Miller's debut any day of the week, um, I'm glad that we have both of them in the team because they're both two exciting players. Like, as you keep saying, the minute Lockie Miller's got a gap, he ain't being caught. Yes, good. And, and you can tell there's a, you can tell there's such a skillful footballer in Kane Dykes without even looking at it. It's he's as hard as something. Like, <laughs> he, he, he certainly is. How, he knows how to pass the ball. He knows how to kick the ball, and he's really quick too. Yeah. Um, I think. A few things, glaring issues, when those balls go, you know, when the high bombs go up, Will Kennedy makes the decision. You know, he makes the decision. Mind yours. You know who's going to take that. Mm-hmm. Kate Dykes is looking at Lockie Miller. Lockie Miller's looking at Kate Dykes going, well, we've got, you know, less than 300 minutes of first-grade football between us. Who's going to catch this fucking ball? It's got to fall to Kate Dykes. He has to be the one to call it. Now, someone at the game turned around and said that in defence, Kate Dykes was just chirpy, 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 move left, move right, move left, move right. In attack, he was popping up all over the place. But the minute a bomb went up, silence. And you can't have that from your fullback. I'd probably rate him about a 7 out of 10, probably because we got the win. Um, I think we could have utilised him in attack more. And like this guy's the closest thing to Will Kennedy, and we've got Will Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can use those link-up plays, but the, the, the problem is Braden Trindle is not Matt Moylan. Braden Trindle has got a different skill set to Matt Moylan. Yes. You know, Braden Trindle is a, a very good runner and a very good passer and has a very good short-kicking game, whereas Moylan is just skill and finesse and... You know, he's got those silky hands to Will Kennedy, so it's a different game plan. And that's taken nothing away from Trindle. He was brilliant. Um, but, yeah, you know, Kate definitely deserves to be there this weekend. We're playing the Tigers. You know, he's going to he's gonna come under some Adam Dewey bombs. But, I mean, one, he's got to be able to catch it. But, two, we shouldn't give the Tigers any ball or field position to allow Adam Dewey to put up one of them disgusting bombs. Yeah, 100% agreed. I thought Dykes was about a seven, seven and a half. I thought he looked... Early on, he looked like a first grader. There were no nerves that you get with some some blokes. You know, there wasn't that early knock-on or that early where he was caught out of position. Look, the bombs were, were concerning. As you said, the players were looking at each other, whereas Will Kennedy, we were told in the preseason, Kennedy's not going to drop many bombs this year. He's all over it. And if one's, he's not going to catch, he's going to make sure one of his wingers do. You know, it's hard to... Look, Kate Dykes, is a, a, for me, is still a long-term six, but he's making a good run of it at one. You know, it's not like he's played every single game of his, you know, he's 
before hitting first grade at number one. So he's still learning the role, especially, you know, okay, he should be able to turn to Lockie Miller and say, oi, that's yours. But you turn to Ronaldo Mulatalo, who's one of the biggest, you know, he's just such a big persona and say, oi, do this. Or, hey, you know, Nico Hines, who's probably second or third in line for the Daily M, do this, do that. So I, I understand the trepidation. I thought he was pretty magnificent, errors aside. And it's not like the errors were him trying to overplay his hand. He just got caught. He tried to play the ball too quick, and he lost possession. And then, you know, it's going to happen. Like, that was happening. He yeah. worked over on the ground. He, he got smashed. That's, you know, that goes with that. With Lockie Miller, I thought he played quite well. Now, again, he wasn't great under the high ball, but against the Titans, he was. He took, you know, in disgusting rain. I think he only dropped... I didn't even think he dropped one from memory. Plus, he took that one on the bounce and broke through, ran and scored that highlight real try, which, you know, that, that just shows. Like you said, if he gets a hint of a gap, he's gone. And I know it was called back, but he was through before the Dragons had any idea where he was on the weekend. They hadn't heard the whistle. They turned and they chased, and Lockie Miller was laughing. He grabbed 30 metres on him. The blokes are freak, and we absolutely need that speed until Connor's back. Going to Connor Tracy, I know on the weekend on Outlaws we agreed that it wasn't a send-off, that Sinbin was fine. Gray Manersley's come out and said it was a send-off for him. And it was interpreted not as, but it probably should have been. What are your thoughts on that just quickly? No, it wasn't a send-off. Uh, mate, I'm happy with I'm happy with the Sinbin. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the Sinbin as well. And, and and I gave my reasons for it. One, Tracy was falling. Two, Tarek Sims did not swing his arm. Graham Manley can come out and say what he wants. He was the one that came out and defended the, the Cowboys' right to challenge an unchallengeable call. Mm. So, um, you know, Graham Manley said, in my eyes, it was a sin bin. In the world of rugby league, uh, sorry, in my eyes, it was a send off. In the world of rugby league, that's a sin bin. We flip the script because I know there's going to be people who are going to disagree with me and go, shut up, Terry. Tarek Sim should have been sent off. Flip the script. That's Britton Nakora on Max Fiena. Do you want Britton Nakora sent off? Yes or no? Probably the not. Answer's no. Yeah. You don't want Britton Nakora sent off for that tackle. So just be, before you come at me, because a lot of people do come at me with, you know, you know, I love to be the edgy guy and whatever it is. But before you come at me, just flip the script. Imagine that same tackle, Britton Nakora on Max Fiena. Do you want Britton Nakora sent off? If the answer's yes, come at me. If the answer's no, shut the fuck up. That's fair, that's fair. Any any more comments on this game? I'd like to move on because it was pretty dire, but I know you got some stats. Yeah, look, there is, it was pretty dire. I think Nico Hines was the best player on the field for 65 minutes. The only thing is there, was any, there wasn't anyone on either team in the final 15 minutes that was better than him, so he deserves his three daily end points there. Um, we've already touched on Toby Rudolph, but 157 metres in this game was just absolutely vintage from him. One of his best performances... And we keep saying that regularly now. This was a great performance for Toby, one of his best performances, one of his best performances. If he can continue to play like this, he's got rep footy in, in the not-so-distant future. Um, I thought Wade Graham was absolutely fantastic. You know, And that's not just because he scored a try. Wade Graham was brilliant, apart from five seconds where he rushed Ben Hunt and Ben Hunt made a break. Other than that, Wade Graham started on the edge. When he comes into the middle, like he is just hitting blocks. Yeah. Like Jack... Bellin had his way with us like we were a helpless female on the weekend. And the minute Wade Graham moved into the middle, he just took it personally like he was a defence lawyer and fucking swaddled him. Yes, he certainly did. Ronaldo Mulatalo, 184 metres, no errors. 
he was great. Again, deserved to try it. Talakai, 181 metres, little busted shoulder. The thing for mine, though, Nico Hines had 300 kicking metres on the weekend. Zero kicks, zero kicking metres in the final 10 minutes. That's not good enough. That tells you that, one, we made too many errors, and two, we didn't have enough ball in that final 10 minutes. That's exactly last week all over again. We couldn't get to a kick. It, so that that is very yeah. Look, get well said. I agree hundred percent with Toby. This bloke is just everything we thought he would be and more. Just before we move on, I do have a stat, Terry. I've got a, I've got another stat which really shit me out the wall. You go first because I want to end on a positive. Jesse Ramiel had ten runs for sixty-seven meters and had twelve touches in the whole game, and that doesn't include his dummy half passes. So he only had twelve touches of the ball. This is a guy who's coming off the month of footy, where he was the most destructive centre in the game, and we decided that we only want to give him the ball ten times up against Jack Bird, who was rinsed, rinsed by Peter Hiku. Yeah, it's pretty embarrassing. We have to be better. You have to know in this situation that Jesse Ramian is in form feeding the ball. If you can feed Talakai on the outside, like we've got our centres all mixed up. We use Talakai. We need to use Talakai to help get us the advantage to give the ball to Jesse Ramian, not the other way around. You can't go using Jesse Ramian as your battering ram to get you up the field to go and feed the ball to Talakai. It needs to be the other way. Jesse Ramian has to. He has to be having twenty touches again. Yeah, he does, and I want to see that this week because that is a big one. Which we'll move on in two seconds. Uh, the stat for mine: two wins from two games without Dale Finucan. Yelby <laughs> Yolti, good try on RL, but not today. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's really important as well because we're something like uh, it, it, it was diabolical. We were, we're ten and two with Dale Finucan and whatever without him, but to to, to win those two games and, and you know we can have a look at the, the Souths game. You know, Souths are we're in red hot form now. Behind Penrith, are arguably the form team in the competition going mm-hmm. into that you know that game against us. And then the Dragons, it doesn't matter who's first and who's last in this situation in this game. The local derby is always a local derby. The Dragons won the premiership in 2010. They came to Shark Park week two in 2011 after we had just been beaten by 40 points in Canberra and we fucking annihilated them. So this is one of the fixtures where form doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's first, who's last, who's playing finals, who isn't. These two teams hate each other and they stand up to each other. So to get... Who wins without, as I said, our, our most important player and the best defender in the competition? I'll, I'll cheers to that. We'll have a sip of my tea before we move on. Cheers, I've got water. There'll be no beers tonight. Now, let's move on to this weekend's game. Super important game. Now, as you alluded to before, the fixtures this weekend are very kind to us. And so, you know, anyone who saw Outlaws will know you've got, you know, Melbourne and Penrith. So Penrith could end Melbourne's charge at us, and you've got a couple of games we won't go into because we don't really care. But we go to Tamworth because the last, the, you know, as we all know, the uh, Tigers need another home ground. So they're taking a game out there, which would be good. It is a sellout, evidently, or very close to. There'll be a couple, you know, it's not a humongous ground by any stretch, but it'll be it'll be well, well supported. Uh, and we're going to play the West Tigers, who are done and dusted and coming off one of the worst performances you'll ever see against the Knights. They were shit, but the preceding two weeks, they were very, very good and should be three wins in a row. So I'm looking forward to this game. Those that haven't seen the team lineup, you got to you got to check in. We're getting news, unofficially, that there'll be a big change on the day, which may see a debut we've been calling for. We'll touch on that in a second. 
But uh, the thing that stood out for me, mate, Kay Dykes holds his number one. Lockie Miller, named it on the wing. There's no Newtown Jets game this week, so that's good because the Jets' back line's pretty much running out for the Sharks. And we've long said the Jets can beat the, the Tigers, so this weekend we'll get to test that theory. What do you think about those two selections? Should Ikevalu have come in? I, I don't think Ikevalu has done enough in New South Wales Cup to warrant him coming back in. Now, it was an easy call at the beginning of the year when we had some injuries to stick Ikevalu on the wing, but he's since been in reserve grade for about 12 weeks. He's been injured in some of them, but in those other games, he's been great with the ball. He's been terrible without the ball. Correct. And I think at point in the year, we're, we're locked into the final, so this is where you can take the chances. Now, in a finals match, do I want Lockie Miller on the wing? No, I do not want Lockie Miller on the wing. But against the Tigers, do I want Lockie Miller on the wing? Yeah. Would I be concerned if he was up against Kenmore Marlowe? Absolutely. But he's not Kenmore Marlowe's out of the game. He's up against Brent Naden. Naden's a poor defender, good leaper. Can't really catch the ball that much. Don't say that. Get on Brent Naden anytime, try scorer. Um, I think. You know, this is a game, though, for Cade Dykes. Like, the Tigers have got big forwards who are lazy. Mm-hmm. And this is the point of the time now. If we're not going to utilise him how we utilise Will Kennedy, will Cade start sniffing around the ruck? Oh, yeah, there's going to be opportunities this week. You know, he's got a game under his belt now. And it looked like every bloke from his childhood was there the other night. So there was a lot of pressure on the kid. You know, and, um, you know, we, we know Adam Dykes, you know, not personally, but knowing very well in terms of football. We know what kind of bloke he is. You know, there would have been there would have been pressure on it. You, you're stepping into your dad's shoes, you know, more or less. So you know that that's out the window. I agree with you, hundred percent. Lockie Miller was on the wing when I put my um, my side in. Um, look, I, I, I want to bring it up. I can't wait. I've got other notes in front, but I'm just jumping ahead. Kyle Eero is fifty fifty to make his debut this week because looks like unfortunately Talakai. He's very close to being ruled out with a shoulder. They're hoping that he'll play, but, you know, it's 50-50. If it's 49-51 either way, I'm debuting the young kid because he was fantastic for Newtown this weekend. We were at Hanson Park. Beautiful afternoon. Great win by the boys. Playing fullback. But at centre this year, he's been arguably in the top five for the Jets, which is saying something. He's a bloke we've been, you know, gagging to get into first grade. This is the opportunity. Does he come in for you? He's been named at 18. Rather than, you know, Ikevalu's way down at 21 or 22. Does that make you think perhaps it is on? I've got two chains of thought for this. One, if Talakai is injured but could play, I would put Iro on the bench and rest for feeder or Tom. Mm-hmm. There's, there's my first thought. The second is, at this point in the year, if CSM Talakai has got an AC injury, you're just resting. You're just resting. You give Kalaro the debut. You, you know, all, all all signs are pointing to he's going to play. I think Fitz is smart enough to know that we're going to. I mean, we're playing finals footy, right? We're playing finals footy. Um, Talakai is one of our biggest weapons when it comes to you know winning and losing a game. And the one thing that you don't want to do is run the bloke out this weekend, and he goes out there to put a huge shot on their pleb fucking centre or 5'8 or whoever it is out there. I don't even know who the Tigers' lineup is. Um, and he hurts himself and, he, and he's done for the year because then not only do you have to put Kalira there in a debut the following week against the, the Dogs or Manly, wherever we're playing, but 
you've got to play him there for the rest of the year. Or you've got to put Teague Wilton there. So I would I'll just do it now. There's no harm in doing it. And I know if you go into the back line with, you know, Kate Dykes with one game, Lockie Miller with two games, Kate Lyro on his debut, whatever. But it's the Tigers. You know, we're not playing the Panthers. This isn't to get into the finals. We are playing finals football. We can't finish any lower than eighth, and we're not going to finish eighth. I'd be surprised if we drop out of the top four. Yeah. So, Situationally, you're absolutely right. This is the time, and I think I think it's going to happen because he, he has been named 18. It's been in and about the squad for a little while. Um, so we've named a four bench forwards, which I not shocked about, but a little bit. You know, my eyebrows are raised um, mainly because Jesse Calhoun wasn't named. They've of course named you know for feeder again, and um, with Fanukan back, obviously it does mean that you know McKinnis shifts back. So it doesn't doesn't really matter. We adds a little bit of depth. A little bit of um, difference on the on the bench, but I would have been tempted to plug Calhoun in for the next two weeks. I have a feeling he'll probably play because it's getting to the time where we're going to think about resting players. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we're in the position just yet that we can. But you know, the last two, it's probably you know, it's it's highly probable that we're going to be locked into third. Seconds probably gone now, so I wouldn't really worry about it. They, I wouldn't say second's gone because I've had a look at the draw. It's diff- The Cowboys have got a difficult run. They've got three very, very hard games. If they lose all three and we go through undefeated, we finish second. They need to lose two. Two, is it? Oh, okay. Um, They're eight points behind, so, yeah, watch this space. Watch this space. But what I'd like to be watching is Jess Calhoun because he was monstrous for Newtown on Saturday afternoon, arguably our best forward. And he played, you know, only albeit only five minutes on the night. But for a young kid in his second game to come on as a sub, and you know, he didn't make any errors. He looked, he looked good. I don't know if I don't think he touched the ball, but he tackled his backside off. That's pretty good for a bloke who, again, is on his second game. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be at that point where. You know, once the top four spots locked in, you're going to see Tom Hazelton get a game. You're going to see Colvin get a game. You will see Ira. It wouldn't surprise me if you saw Jensen get a game. Yeah. Um, That's fair. You know, Ivalo coming back in, Braden Trindle. You know, I, I don't think we can rest Nico Hines because we really want him to win the Dalian medal. But this this Matt Moylan situation now, you know, if if we're struggling in the eight or battling to get in the eight, you can guarantee Moylan's playing this weekend. But now Fitz is sitting there going, well, let's get Trindle the NRL experience. Let's get him the runs under his legs. He could come finals time if we need to have him on the bench or we need... You know, I don't mind having the... Well, I do mind having Trindle on the bench in finals because that means that the Jets are weakened. But, you know, he is an NRL quality player. Um, I would love to see KLR get a debut. However, I'd be fuming that I'm not at it because I've been his biggest fan since the day that we signed him from the Knights. I've been all over this kid. I thought he should have debuted last year. Um, and, and I was calling for it this year when, you know, we had to shift Talakai into the centres. But, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see him get some open space. He, he is your one, mate. I've long been known as the Nico guy, so I wanted him two years before it was cool. But Carl Iro is your boy, and I, you know, it'd be great. But we'll be there in spirit. So there's all there's all there's always that. You you also missed Toby Rudolph's first try in the um, – uh, the trial against the Dragons or whoever we played at Cogra. It wasn't the Dragons. But um, he, he turned out okay is all I'm saying. But uh, it's yeah. going to be good. You did mention the big point that I have double on the line here. No Matt Moylan. I believe what you said is true, that it's a if we needed to win this game, he would be playing. But with Matt Moylan, albeit his history this year has been very, very good, 
This one week, Moylan injuries often turn into month longs. If this is one of those, that puts us hugely on the back foot. But Braden Trindle was so good in the first half the other night. Again, it was only the Dragons, but this is a bloke who made mincemeat of a very, very good South side the week before in New South Wales Cup. And again, I stress, if anyone listened last week, they heard me gush over him. He was the best player. He was a 15 out of 10, and everyone else was an 8 tops. He was so much better, almost doubly as good. So... I'll say this for Moylan as well. I reckon we've we've looked at it two ways. Going, the injury's not that bad, but we're we're sol- we're solidified in the top four. There's the first part to it. The second part to it is the Jets aren't playing this weekend. They've got a bye, yep. so there's no there's no minutes for Braden Trindle. True. So I think Sir Fitz has turned around and gone. We've got a bye in New South Wales Cup, and we've got the Tigers in NRL. It's more important for Trindle to get minutes, and it's more important for us to get Moylan right. Now, in the past, we've abused Moylan's body, and when he's come back, we've stuck him at fullback, you know, and completely fucked the guy. But now we've got proper team, proper coaching staff, proper you know physios and sports therapists in there going, well, this guy's playing six and six only, and if he can get some rest, let's get some rest. Now, I turn around and say we're only playing the Tigers. It wouldn't shock me with all the personnel that we're missing if the Tigers turn up putting in performance and maybe come away with two points, I'd be really disappointed. But again, we're without six of our starting first graders this weekend. It's no excuse because everyone's got injuries at this point in time, but we're blessed like the Panthers. You know, you have a look at some of these teams that lose their halves and who have they got to come in and replace them? Journeyman. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, you have a look at the Tigers. They're without Jackson Hastings. They're without Luke Brooks. Jock Madden. Yeah. Is their is their half? I'd rather be in our situation than theirs. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Jock Madden has played a lot of New South Wales Cup this year, and his team's coming last. Braden Trindle has played a lot of New South Wales Cup team with Cup this year, and his team's coming first. Spot on. That's where the Lockie Miller Cade Dykes comes in. Now, just before, because I've got some talking points, Terry. Now we uh, haven't discussed these, so I'm going to throw them at your butt. Can I get a quick prediction? I think we'll win and it'll be frustrating. Yeah, yes, it will win and it will be frustrating. I think we might blow them away late, score a couple of late tries. I think Lockie Miller might grab one or two late and it'll look more convincing than it is. And we'll be sitting here next week talking about the same old shit. But, like I said, if we win 13-12, I don't give a fuck. It's a win that keeps those peasants below us away. What's really important is it doesn't matter how much Melbourne win by. If Melbourne go out and win by 50, but we win by one, we stay in front of them. That's the important part at the moment. I've got some other things to talk about. What's the next thing you want to throw up again? All right, mate. So a couple of things. So as we mentioned before, the fixtures this weekend do work in our favour. Yes. So I'll so, throw them to you. Yeah. So Thursday night, the Penrith Panthers are playing the Melbourne Storm. Now, this is big. The Panthers don't have their halves. The Storm are without Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen. So it evens itself out there. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, if they win their minor premiers, I'm predicting the Panthers to win this game and win it comfortably. Mm-hmm. Me too. They'll want, to, they'll want to wrap the shield up so they can start yeah. resting players. Felice Cafusi is also out, which I know I know people turn around and go, Felice Cafusi's a grub and he's a dog and he's not really that good. Felice Cafusi's fucking good. He's a good player, but he's a grub. He is a grub. Yeah, he's probably a weak-gutted dog as well, but <laughs> he's brilliant. Yep, fair call. So that if, if Melbourne lose that game, we can go four points clear of them this weekend, correct? Yeah, we can go four points clear, and that basically puts us in the top four. Huge. Now, yeah, the Eels take on the Rabbitohs, mm-hmm. which is another game 
Uh, the Eels are on level points with the Storm. So if the Eels win this game, they will stay two points. They will jump into the top four. I don't think the Eels win this game without Mitchell Moses. Fair. So I'm going to pick the Rabbits to win that and put a log jam of team on 28 points. Does, and it really, again, puts us four points clear. The Roosters are taking on the North Queensland Cowboys. Huge for us. This is a huge game. Now, I'm predicting the Roosters to win this game and win it well. Um, what that would then do is that would still keep the Sydney Roosters in eighth spot, but it's letting the teams know, if you slip up, we're nipping at your heels. What it also does for us as well is if we win, it puts us level peggings with the North Queensland Cowboys. That's a place we want to be. Now, I think if the Cowboys beat the Roosters this weekend, they finish second because I think yeah. it gives them – they do. If they don't, then suddenly, you know, your Chad Townsend, your Tom Dearden, who, you know, below average – oh, well, they're in good form, albeit, but they're pretty shit players compared to the superstars of the game. You start looking, oh, can they pick up? So, you know, I'll be – I'll be um, excuse my French, riding the cocks for that one, mate. You and Paul. And the final game is the Brisbane Broncos against the Newcastle Knights. Now, this doesn't have any implications for us. However, if the Brisbane Broncos win, it puts them on 28 points with everyone else. And then you, if the results go the way that I've just said it, you'd have the Melbourne Storm on 28, Parramatta Eels on 28, the Sassany Rabbitohs on 28, the Brisbane Broncos on 28, the Sydney Roosters on 26, us and the Cowboys on 32 points. Well, there you go, your top three set if everything goes our way this week. That's why this weekend is huge. Now, we can't go into this game knowing the results. I mean, we will go into the game knowing the results, but if Melbourne lose, you can't get complacent. No. Oh, Melbourne have lost, because then you've got Parramatta nipping at your heels. We just need to win. We need to put the Tigers away. Simple as that. Uh, And as I said, I don't care if we win 1-0. Yeah, doesn't matter. It's all... all... We win 1-0 or 40-0. It's It's all about the game. It's all about keeping them to nil. Now, mate, two, two things... There's a report come out today from Brent Reid from Triple M. I'm not sure if you saw it, saying that uh, the Sharks are under some salary cap pressure, not because we're busting at the scenes money-wise, but because all five of our back five are off contract from November 1, which doesn't mean they won't be at Cronulla next year. It just means that they can talk to other clubs about 2024. Now, I, I did a quick rundown with Paul earlier, and we decided that Siv Talakai is Cronulla for life. He owes us... He'll resign tomorrow, is my guess. Ronaldo Mulatalo. Let's, let's go from the fullback. Let's go, let's go through the one five. Fullback Will Kennedy. I don't think that he's going to get a big offer anywhere else, and I don't think that he's done enough to bump himself up two or three hundred grand. And if you come to Will Kennedy with two years at the same money or a little bit better, Will Kennedy stays. I absolutely agree. And if he does say, hey, I'm getting 800k in England, K Dykes is there ready. So I'm not. Overly worried. I could see a stupid team like the Tigers or the <laughs> or the Knights. Um, I could also see the Canterbury Bulldogs yeah. with an offer for him. None of those teams are in a better situation than us. Um, but, you know, there's a good footballer in Will Kennedy. Yeah, very much. Will Kennedy. I believe that he, though, he's a shark for life. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much, yep, yeah, I agree. But, uh, again, if he does leave, you know, good luck to him, etc., etc. Yeah. If he does leave, we've got Lockie Miller, we've got Kate Dykes, we've got Kayle Iroh, we've got, um, uh, 
what's the young kid? Uh, Torquemo. Yeah, so it's it's a position we're well well versed. What about the wingers? Sione Katoa, who is injured but playing very well, and got Ronaldo Molotalo, who you've stated can be the best winger in the game. Ronaldo Molotalo could literally wake up and, and declare himself the best winger in the game. I think he's been one of the best wingers in the game this year. I also feel like the passion that he's got for the club, he wouldn't have anywhere else. You see him after everything. An error from the other team, he's in there. An error from our team, he's in there. He scores a try, kisses the badge. He fucking loves us. He loves Cronulla. He's the winger that I think we keep because we have a winger in our junior grades that's going to play for Australia one day. Yes, we do. Now, sticking with Ronaldo, I also think that most of the other clubs will think, oh, fuck that guy. Because of the way Ronaldo's in there, kissing the badge in every single error. Sione Katoa, for me, is the one that, that may slip away because he's the sort of player the dogs will say, you beauty, he and Adokari are until Adokar's retired. They're our wings. And as you said, we do have a very good wing. We have three very good wingers coming through. Plus, plus um, uh, Ira can play wing. I prefer him in centre. But we've got Jensen, we've got Lua Lua, and a young bloke that I'm going to leave to you because you're his biggest fan, except potentially Kay. Yeah, same, same street for anyone who doesn't know is, is who we're talking about here. The bloke's on the trick, six foot two, six foot three, still growing, 19, 18, 19 years old. Um, quick as lightning. Uh, he's he's the next, you know, if, if an injury goes down next year to a winger, it's Sam Stone Street. And he has scored some tries. He is fantastic. He's actually played for the Jets this year as well and scored tries as well. So I know, you know, what about this apprenticeship into, he's a fucking winger. Yeah, put him on the wing. <laughs> Um, Katawa is the one that I could see. Parramatta, desperate for outside backs. Yep. The, but I don't think he'd take his family up that way. He's he's a do inside boy. The Tigers. Yeah. Money at him, and as you said, the Dogs. Um, you know, could 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 throw money at him. And he, and if we were to lose one of the two wingers, as much as it pains me to say, I'd rather lose Katawa than Ronaldo. Absolutely agree. Now I'm leaving the one that I want to talk about most to last. So let's talk Sif Talakai. I can't see any way, shape, or form that bloke doesn't end up at Cronulla for the foreseeable future. If you listen to Sharkcast um, recently, and, and Shanaz, we know you're listening. We absolutely love you on there. You've got Dave Riccio on there. Riccio said something along the lines of Talakai's last contract, he got a significant upgrade, knowing that the fact that when it came to time to renegotiate again, we'd be in a good spot with him. Now, he's played every game. We've got him as an origin player. Other clubs will go and throw money at him. But I feel that we keep CC Vitality. Exactly. And we had the player. Again, though, if we would lose any of those, we got players in the system. For mine, the player that we cannot replace is Jesse Ramian. Yeah, we... Jesse Ramian is, you know, he could wake like, like Ronaldo, he could literally wake up and go, I'm the best center in the competition. You can't do fuck all about it. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's growing reports that Jordan Samrani has left the club, which is really disappointing because, you know, again, 6 for 2 Moves like the wind, you know, you, you turn the light switch off and be in bed before the lights go out. Um, but, you know, he's made a prawn crackers. So, we can't, there, there's there's two players for mine, Ronaldo and Ramian. We can't afford to lose them. And I think, you know, Will Kennedy, where, 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 the thing is, Will Kennedy's in a good spot to negotiate with us that he's cemented himself as, as a full time fullback in the NRL. We're also at a good point to go to Will Kennedy. Don't bend us over the barrel because we've got Kate Dykes, we've got Lockie Miller, we've got Kale Lyro. You know, we've got the young fucker in uh, Jersey Flake who's really small but scores a whole heap of long field tries as well. And we've got Tom Rodwell playing on the wing 
for for like as well who's scoring a bucket load of tries. So um I think we're in a good position with him and likewise with Talakai, you know, he turns around and goes, Oh, I want this, I want that. You're like, come on, brother, we've got these guys here, but we've got these guys over here. We made you who you are. Like South Sydney told you to go and be a garbage man. You were like throwing fucking TVs and trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, we we've turned you twenty nineteen, you played every game of New South Wales Cup. 2022, you're playing State of Origin. Yeah, spot on. So I'm, I'm fairly confident we'll keep at least four of the five. Um, there's three that we need to lock in, and the other two, you know, I would prefer to keep than not. Yeah. But given what's coming behind it, it's not a huge issue. Now, one player that has re-emerged this week, thanks to a Zero Tackle article, albeit, again, from a photo that was posted months ago, Scott Bronson Zeri is well, months well, away, Terry. Yeah, so the, the, the whole thing of it was Bronson Zeri put up a photo the other day of him and his mate at the gym. Yep. And people are putting it, the article that came out was a photo from months ago. They, they picked the wrong photo on his Instagram. Correct. He's an absolute fucking monster. He is a monster. He's going to play lock forward. Yes, he is. But on the Facebook groups, everyone said, let's get him, let's get him. Yeah, he's not available till 2024, but he can start talking. In, 20, in November this year, which I, I think is fucking dumb. But anyways, I just want to get it on record now that if Bronson Zeri comes down to Cronulla, we lock the doors and tell him to go the fuck away. We do not need any of that business at the club, given our history. I don't care how good he is, and you can't... It's impossible. Look, Conor McGregor, for all his fucking idiocy stuff lately, and it's become better than his fighting, was one of the best pure strikers MMA's ever seen, Okay. He went up in weight, and he was slow, and he gassed. You cannot take that up. Now, Bronson's had, it'll be four years by the time he runs out. There's no way he's anywhere near as quick as he was. Okay, maybe he's changed his body, and he can play forwards, but his gas tank will take probably a year to get back to where it was. This is a bloke who was bigger than everyone all through juniors. When we blooded him, he was very, very raw, but very, very quick. He ended with Tenny Zelezniak's Penrith career that day at Shark Park. You know, ran circles around him, left a burn mark. He was running so quick. Boat couldn't catch to save himself. He was, you know, his brain couldn't keep up with his body. He's been in the gym every day, it looks like. He made a mistake. I'm not going to hold that against him in that I, I, I don't, if he comes back, good on him. If he does end up at a Sharks jersey, I'll, I'll cheer him. But for mine, the club need to come out and say, hey, Bronson, no thank you. There's a there's a lot of things to that that need to that, that we we don't know behind the scenes, right? And first of all, yes, Bronson Zeri made a mistake and he made it under our watch. So, what's the social care that we've been doing for him in this time? Have we been reaching out to him? Have we been, you know, if we've been doing all this stuff for Bronson and Bronson's been, you know, very good with us and like, you know, reaching out to us and doing all this player welfare and player development, there's no reason he couldn't come back to Cronulla via Newtown. Mm-hmm be happy for him to to do that but at the same time i'm like you with all the stigma of asada yes you know it, it paints an ugly picture roger fabry has come out recently and said it doesn't matter how big he is you don't lose your speed the guys the guys is as wide as a fucking door <laughs> he is i don't know how that can physically be possible if he's still as quick and he's that big yeah, I'm signing him tomorrow, but I just I can't see I, it. I see him all the time around Menai. That, that's where he lives, and like he's huge. Yeah. He is huge. Like his arms are a cheat code, yeah. and literally cheated to get him. But 
I'm going to say that, like, in the four years that he's been off, he's still been abusing it. Either that or he's been going out into the fucking agricultural school and eating a lamb every day. Because yes. he's, he's enormous. Now, you, you mentioned his gas tank. The one thing that Bronson Zeri has been doing a lot since he's he's been out for four years, he's been on the vapes. There's oh, always a vape in his hand. Gotcha. There's about a smoke around him. And there's always a hot bird as well, so good on him. Yeah, um, Absolutely. I'm 50-50 on it. If, if we've been doing the player welfare and he's been receptive to us and he's been doing the counselling and he's been doing the NRL programs for us, then it's only fair that we get him back. We should have first crack. Yeah. However, if Sir Fitz is, you know, serious about his no-dickhead policy, I don't see a way for Bronson Zeri to come back to us. I, I feel cheated by it because we had the best youngster in the game on our books and, and he fucked up and someone else is going to go and get, you know, read through rewards of all our development and it's probably going to be the Sydney Roosters. Um, but, yeah, you know, it, if he has been good by us and we've been good to him, there's no there's no reason, but, you know, that conversation with Fitz has got to be, you know, Fitz has got to be telling him, you're at Newtown until there's a form crisis or an injury crisis and that injury crisis means, like, three people need to be dead before you're getting the game in 2024. Or, you know, the injury crisis needs to be so bad that even if feeder can't come out of retirement, play on the wing for us. Um, you know, I, I won't lose sleep over it, but if he came back, I'd be okay. Yeah, look, look, it's fair. And like you said, we don't have the background information. So if that has happened, I'm all for it. But in terms of the stigma, I don't want any part of that crap. And every time a photo goes up, everyone says straight away, well, he's on the roids. Now, we're not saying he is by any stretch. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. It's not out. I don't care, to be totally honest. But he's a bloke who's going to be tested every single week for the rest of his career. I just don't want any part of that. Um, I think it's made a little bit easier by the fact that he was going to the Roosters. That was – he said he and Kyle Flanagan were going to hook up at the Roosters. And when uh, Zeri got flicked, the Roosters fucked Flanagan off. They didn't need him to bring his mate in. So – that was done. I remember the day that he got suspended. Anthony Minicello used to work on my floor. Uh, I went outside and I said, Oi, Mini, and I was talking to Matt Elliott. I said, Did you boys hear what happened to Bronson? They said, No, I told him a story. And Minicello looked at me and said, Oh, we're going to poach him anyways next year. So, you know, probably a little bit in jest, but also very much it's absolutely going to happen. So, I, you know, he was going to, he'd probably be playing for Australia right now if he, you know, was as good without the, the unnatural help. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty, I, I don't want to see his name in Cronulla circles, and I'm happy to do that. Mate, anything from your end before we wrap this one up? Uh, no, like this has been a, a long podcast for us, and it's actually been a very serious one. So It has. Um, don't forget to check out Rugby League Outlaws. Uh, like and subscribe. You can go on there, get our merchandise, get the Nico Hines shirts, the many faces of Fit shirts as well. They're flying out the door. Uh-huh. So well, give your mum the old FU. Give her the FU from Dan. Yeah. And... Uh, how about more? How about more?